Welcome, 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 welcome. Get mm. joined here today by Outlines X. Uh, it's your host, Kojo Stein. Why are you laughing? Come on now. Professional. This is a, um, a, a my belly's quite full episode of Outlines X. Um, joined here today by Kojo Stein and my fellow co-host, Mr. Moody Mix. You're never no. moody anymore. So yeah, it's, it's a habit, it's a habit. Moody died. R.I.P. Uh, Mix or Kino? Let's just go with Mickey for now. Mickey? Yeah. I'm, I'm Mickey, guys. Hello. We haven't met before. <laughs> <laughs> so you did the same thing last year? At the no, time before, I swear. On the level, everyone pour some Henny for Moody. Really? Rip. You come on. Rip. Anyway. Whenever people say whenever people say rip, I think of Harambe, automatically or what? It's out for Moody. Next time, next time. Next time. Rip Harambe. So, wow. Joining us today by uh, our co-host, and who's actually hosting us in the house as well, which is pretty sick. Mm. It's Toby Toes. Hey. Toes. Tobes um, is a producer for Apples and Snakes, one of the leading poetry organisations in the UK, which has developed countless poets um, over the last 35 years. Um, she's put tons of people onto the poetry things, including myself. I'm very grateful for. Um, she's the founder of BTP Project, a new initiative creating access to theatres for young black people in London. Yeah. Uh, passionate about social change. Was that the jolly girl? It's a little one. Uh, she's passionate about social change, especially for black British culture, and she represents South London to the max. <laughs> Boo! Oh, wow. Get out of the house. Not until I get out of the house, I'll have to shut up. You're on the other side of the Thames, Fuck y'all, niggas. Y'all bums! Yeah, so um, big up South London whilst we're here. Yeah, yeah. But until then, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, thank you, Toast. Welcome okay. to our own house. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how how are you doing, Toby? I'm good. I'm full. Yeah, mate. I'm feeling more sweet right now. Mm. Yeah, my challenge was good. Um, how you feeling, Sydney? Yeah, man. I'm feeling. Nice, feeling ready for the rest of the week. You want anything planned? Just training 9 to 5, really. Just work, 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 man. But I'm ready for it, though. It's good, it's fun. Go in with good energy. Yeah, okay. I said, when I, when I started, when I came in, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm sick today. I feel mm. better now. I should talk about it for a little bit. Okay. Like, after I almost, I fell down, almost fell down the bus there. <laughs> <laughs> at, at, at your room, no joke. Because it's a mix of, like I said, I've just been weird today, and um, I thought I missed. I thought the bus stopped at the traffic lights, and I thought it was the bus stop. So I started dusting like in my bag, flipping my bag over, and then doing all that. Like you know that meme of the, the person that's like the oh, lady that's like. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, oh, I'm a big man here, so when I got downstairs, I stood there like, yeah, what? Shook it off. Yeah. Oh, what you got it together, love. Yeah, I feel better now. The Chinese and the, and the tea, the teas, the teas are very helpful. Feeling zen. Very peace. So, um, oh, in case you're not familiar with the form of Outlies X, um, we have a list of 117 topics now, um, ranging, ranging from the philosophical to the weird to uh, the wonderful. It's, it's a mix of shit we have here. And, um, one of the topics I did want to talk to Toes about, we did want to talk to Toes about, was here somewhere. <laughs> oh, topic number 62, how much does someone's past define them? So, which I don't know why, because I mainly to do, mainly to do with the whole um, James Gunn stuff with Guardians of the Galaxy. Actually, just in this kind of political climate where like, Listen, tweets can be dug up at, at like oh, the okay. click of a finger. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always wondering, in terms of just a general accountability um, and growth, in that sense of, of should your past define who you are, or how much should it affect you? 
regardless of your growth, which I'm interested to hear your take on it. Um, I'm starting. <laughs> I mean, I can start. What you start? If you got a starting point. Apart from that, because I mean, so many places you could draw mm. There's tons. There's tons. I I'm I'm of the mindset that. Do you think your your past defines you? Defines you. Yeah, I'm of the mindset that it. No, hey, first of all, it doesn't define you. I think because we we all we all grow. We're capable of growth. Mm. I feel like. Don't, don't get me wrong, you should be held accountable for what you said. But I feel like you know, people kind of see accountability, maybe because it just seems like it goes quite far, like accountability becomes punishment. So I think you can accept you're wrong and say, you know, that was 10 years ago, that's not me anymore. Like we, me and that person aren't the same, but you should understand that you wrong people you should like feel like you should apologize and generally people seem to seem to be that way on, on when you see like the iphone or apology come out like oh my god i'm so sorry about to tell you yeah. um whether you want to take that sincere or not it's kind of here nor there but i don't think i don't like this just trend of people's past being used to define them at all mm -hmm. I mean, it just seems left it seems it seems regressive in a sense that we we almost hypocritical like everyone has to, to various degrees problematic pasts. So mm. it, to me, it just seems really troubling that you can hold someone to the standard of saying, like, what you said there is who you are now when, when clearly that's not the case. Mm. That's one thing I don't like about it. Right, I don't know what you got to do. I hear that point. Um, see, when you mentioned like the iPhone notes, I'll put it That is like, Cool. If it's like an online, online is where people are getting like dragged and ripped and whatnot, and sometimes you don't even know if the reason that someone is ripping into the person is genuine. So then, like the apology that is returned is kind of like being matched with the same energy because mm. it's just like a for the sake of it kind of thing. It's just to appease the masses. It's kind of like I feel like there's a lot of um, moral superiority kind of going back and forth onto earth for like a lot of people. Quite Not formative. Yeah, you having to play up. Not saying when when these people get dragged that you're play, you're, you're you're not sincere with your anger towards them. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it's being perpetuated by a Twitter in itself, and then the person has to respond like to in kind with mm -hmm. like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. That's the worst thing. Yeah. They might not be feeling that. Mm -hmm. But it's just kind of it's what it is. words. It's not even really evidence of yeah. like, actual change or real accountability being taken and it's more time to protect their interests so it's just like bun all this like what's the what's the accomplishing mm. how do you feel about what my drama song i feel like i don't know to be fair like when all those or when all of that stuff came out i knew that nothing would really come of it like people spoke about it for a few hours mm. And oh, then so that was kind of it. Just for context, the Maya Jama scenario is when I think Maya Jama had like an anti-dark skinned black women like tweets come out, which she played off as a joke. And uh, some of them were like quotes from other people and whatnot, but she was tweeting and keke keke and like really mm. yeah. it, it also sparked like a different discussion because it brought in this like, ah, how are you able to say this? Like you kind of even got your position because of X, Y, and Z. Like you're kind of, uh, I don't know, favoured. You've got this, this, and that. Yeah. Obviously, as in just like you're lighter skin, so you have a certain like, level of, mm. you know, leverage in society that we don't, and you're kind of part us for it. Mm. But then again, like we're saying, I'm just wondering if, like, if our intentions was to be brought into it. Like, it's not to excuse what she said or anything, but her intention, I'm just wondering if it was that far thought out, and I doubt it was. At the time when she put the tweets out? Yeah, I don't think it was thought out, it was just like, it was immature, so then it brings up the thing of like, how do you hold someone accountable for something they did at that time? You know what I mean? I don't yeah. actually see a problem with people being um, used as examples, like being made an example of if they did something wrong. Mm. Yeah. But like even just like the way that she replied to it was kind of off to me. But that was how she replied to into all women or something. Yeah, and she yeah. Sent out two. So yeah, and to me, like even that just made it 
seemed like she didn't really get what the big deal was. It was mm. kind of like, oh, I was young. I'm sorry. I love all women now, obviously. I do all this stuff with blah, 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 blah. And it was just like, but, and I, a part of me is sort of like, you're, you're, you're able to kind of put stuff like that out and it not be seen as a big thing because of, of the people that that thing was directed at. Yeah. So they're not really like a treasured, a national treasure, do you know what I mean? Where everyone's gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna rally against this. It's sort of like the people that were responding to, to that were dark-skinned black women that were defending themselves. Yeah, yeah. And everyone else was like, oh, well, she was young yeah, yeah. and she did this and she's done that and blah, blah, blah. She felt this thing about all women. And they're like, but it's not about all women. It's the same as um, Sabrina Claudia, or whatever her name is, when yeah, 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 yeah. she was out here calling people niggas and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, what? and like apparently had a whole account like cussing black women, like you could trace their suit Like all, yeah, like I think, what is it, Cholas? Yeah, something like, like that. that. Like chingas or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, dude. And like, like all of that stuff. And then she sent out a similar thing that was just like, I appreciate all women. And it's just like. <laughs> it, misses, it misses the point. Completely. And that's not accountability. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're, even if you haven't physically like displayed or shown that you're a changed person even that response in itself it kind of sends out the message that you don't really know what you're you're just kind of putting something yeah, out into the ether to put like, something out into the ether like, apologizing for the sake of apologizing yeah because it's, it's, right, it's the right thing to do but yeah your intention is yeah you're not really yeah. talking to the people that you're apologizing it's, to so if it's accountability and like an apology like a good apology mm, no it has to be backed up but I guess an apology is where you, you where you start to see that the person has understood, at least understood, yeah. on a very basic level, yeah. what they've done and I, what the consequences of that are. For sure, because sometimes I see people kind of like, like dragging someone across Twitter or like um, cancelling them with with like no, yes. with no actual kind of like, I don't know, you know, like when someone is held hostage days put out requests, they'd be like, if you want us to release this hostage, yeah, we need this, this and that. It's like, you're actually dragging this person, like, da 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 da. Are you doing it for the sake of it, or do you actually want there to be a change? Oh, and like, yeah. how can they change? It's like, obviously it's not even really up to you to say how the person should change, but sometimes it feels like, what, do you want something out of it? Or is kind of like, the dragging the person, the reward in itself, you know I, I, mean? feel, I feel like that's where we're at. Yeah, because like you, you could actually use it. Like this person could be made an example of, and uh, I don't know. Because it really depends on who is even being dragged. Because people yeah. react to it a different way. Some people will be defensive about it. Some people mm. will be like, "Oh fuck you, lot! I don't owe you anything." I don't know. I feel it's like about it, with social media, because it is such an echo chamber. It's yeah. The people that are doing the dragging are usually the people that were connected to whatever that thing is and so but it gives the it gives the illusion that there's this like mass social there's a social consequence for that person when there isn't it's kind of one group of people that are pushing for that thing and everyone else is like meh and then nothing happens essentially so it's all just air I mean James Gunn the Guardians of the Galaxy director who had like weird weird jokes about paedophilia mm. and child abuse and everything oh shame like this is years ago this yeah. is like before he even got involved in guardian so yeah. mm. talking a decade or something along those lines and then those tweets came back out and obviously he's like i'm not the same person i tried to build a brand over me like a shock and awe comedian and then um he's like that's definitely not who i am anymore mm. regardless lost his job lost some of his contracts mm. lost like got a ton of backlash for it um, and even that, I find it a little bit in disingenuous because companies they're doing it to protect their money and their interests. Yeah, because of public outrage. Yeah. But if you think that a next Guardians film wouldn't perform well in sales, you're bugging. It, I think it would. Like, there's only so many people that would care about that. Yeah, no, for sure. Because like we're saying, it seems like it's big online. Yeah. But people are gonna go watch the film anyway. Also, um, this kind of like switches into a different conversation, but. That's a, a kind of a form of like censorship in the sense that oh you can't make jokes about this this and that. I was like watching something back just recently about I don't know comedy is being hit directly because it's like everyone's so 
not censorship, but like, right now. Even like Dave Chappelle was saying it in his latest Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's censorship though. You can you can say what you want to say, but mm. there will be consequences, yeah. and you have to take yeah. that into consideration. You can't just be like, well, I'm a comedian, I'm gonna yeah. say this racist thing. You can say the racist yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 if you yeah. get backlash from that, yeah. then you have to accept that that is a consequence of what you said. For sure, I think that's the stance I'm, I'm, I'm on as well. It's like you say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You literally say whatever the fuck you want, but I or people have a right to be offended. Mm. Um, but they don't have a right to censor you like, for, for what you want to say. Right? Yeah. But it's I think it's gotten from it's gotten past the point of I am offended to the point where I'm going after your job, going after your family. Like I'm so deeply offended, I'm going to ruin your life as a result. And that, in, in essence, is censorship because like I will, so I need to protect my like my family's income or whatnot. So then mm. do this joke. Yeah. But I guess also the people that are usually the butt of those jokes mm. aren't protected from society that are that feel like well this thing has been joked about. It's like what's happened on Big Brother recently with that person being like, I like nigger boys. Oh, and wow. that's been broadcasted out and this person got a warning. That's what the person they said. Haven't, yeah. yeah but they haven't, that, it was the end, that it was the N-word that was used, but even in context, that's kind of They haven't been removed from the house or anything. And that doesn't protect people that are gonna people are gonna see that and be like, oh okay, well there isn't really a, yeah, a consequence. For doing this thing, so it's easy for them to go out and replicate that thing, and that's not that's like no one's responsibility. Mm. But when it's being broadcast on something that has such a wide social reach, yeah. and it's and you're using yeah, language yeah. that for is sure. socially embedded as something that's yeah. violent, it affects mm. it does affect people in real life that are going to come out and think that it's okay yeah, to say this sure. and it's okay to, to be like that around you because there's no consequence for saying those things or yeah, I can say just sure. like their whole thing was like oh I didn't mean it everyone was like oh they, but they didn't say it in an offensive mm. way they were saying that they like black men no, and they called they black men they niggers like black men in that case. exactly but do you know what I mean like there's all of this stuff around it that's like oh but that's okay because they didn't punch you in the face no, 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 no. but it's like it's another thing it's like it's on a platform and again there's eyes watching yeah and again when nothing happens and this is acceptable yeah then that's just a mad thing it has social repercussions so yeah. it's actually funny to me that social change is one of the things you're most passionate about but you're also involved in the fear industry like do you like encounter i'm sure like encounter the same things like throughout your journey like in this fear industry like how i don't know how prevalent has it been the way you've seen things which were just like off or even like within the industry itself systematically how mm. are things like downplayed or like shoved aside yeah yeah it's not really any different to any other yeah. industry really like it's still hella white still very elitist mm. some people making work about stuff that I, they shouldn't be making work about yeah. like all like all of this stuff and people like the way that people are making their the money if you do make your money off of the co commodifying trauma especially lots of trauma of people of color like stuff all of that stuff like it's still it's still prevalent but it's sort of i don't know theater has this whole thing of like telling stories right and it can be very powerful i've seen really, really powerful work but it's also like i don't know some white man will come in and be like i want to make a verbatim play of this community here because they need their voice to be heard but I'm going to benefit off that by getting the money for to do it by paying myself by paying other people to play this I'm not actually giving them a voice I'm just taking their stories and I'm replicating it because I can do that and actually what that person should be doing is giving them the money to make the stuff and putting their work on the stage so theatre does a lot of that it's a lot of kind of it has a I think it does have that kind of moral kind of superior like moral thing where it's like everything we're doing is for the greater good and we're telling all of these stories and it and it can do that and it has yeah. done that but also i've looked at things and i'm like why are you making this like why are you specifically the person to make this because yeah. you shouldn't be because actually the people that are going to be benefiting of it aren't the people that are your talent that your that stories that you're using it's actually a bit perverse. Touch on an interesting point which has triggered an There's brought up an idea in my head, which you know the poet Osama Minas. Mm -hmm. He performed that painting poetry um, a few months ago and he, he said that he made this point about <coughs> people of colour, for some reason our poetry or maybe it's a natural inclination, but our poetry we, we seem to want or we seem to have an inclination to perform poetry about our pain. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like we have to in essence, kind of justify our, our, like, it was a lot about kind of why do we do this or why why do we feel obliged to kind of perform a pain? And often in the spaces we do it, our, our white spaces or people that haven't felt mm -hmm. this kind of 
issues and I'm that that was interesting to me because I did a whole poem about like colorism and how like I, I deem my own like, black skin and mm. dark skin and I was like wow that really it just made me think of most of the poems I hear from people of colour are always about pain mm-hmm. um, but they're always to people who won't relate to that mm. speaking. like the mass consumers of it yeah. tend to be it's like when you go to a hip hop concert and you see hella little like white kids because like the story is interesting like the story is compelling but at the end of the day that is yeah someone's yeah. kind of burying their soul up there in a sense mm. um, I think it kind of starts off as catharsis but then it yeah. also becomes something that validates you because people are celebrating your pain and then uh, you know like when you see um, artists kind of like stagnate and kind of s- get stuck in a place um, I feel like art or any kind of like field that you're in it can be used catharsis it can be used mm. to like actually serve you and like help you to like get out of that place that you're in but then what it always turns back into and i've said this word like a million times in like the past year and or whatnot is this it gets romanticized mm. or whatever it becomes something to uh, poke fun at or have mm. a laugh about or, yeah me yeah like, it becomes enjoyable entertainment yeah i think i think poetry's always been political in its form in terms of why people started writing it, the things that they were writing about, the people that were writing it and where they were performing it or, or publishing it if they could. Um, even if you listen to like a lot of political speeches, their poems, like the form is the yeah. same, right? Yeah. And so it's always been about this political thing and, and usually the things that you are talking about are going to be trauma. Mm. Whether it's mass trauma and you're addressing a nation mm. or whether it's your own personal trauma and I feel like for for black and brown people specifically it was it was i guess it was a bit cathartic and it was it was about that release Release. or or you heard it in music like all of these things are poems really they're poems and speeches that have been written to do that and to address something like tupac is the biggest poet that people talk about but they don't call him a poet like unless you are inclined to do that but He's probably a poet that a lot of people have resonated with and his stuff is heavily political yeah. um, because of, of how he felt he could talk about stuff and why he needed to put it out there. And I think in, in those situations, it, it might be about like the social change or like having to be like, this isn't okay and no one's talking about this. Mm. Why aren't we talking about this? Mm. As, a, as a society, we need to be talking about this. And sometimes it's like, actually this thing has happened to me or it's about, um, reflecting inwards and being like this is how I felt or this is what I thought and maybe this isn't right or maybe this isn't okay or maybe I don't actually know and I just need mm-hmm. to put it out there mm-hmm. and then obviously the people that are going to be consuming that stuff or the people that are at least going to take it to a place where you can live as an artist are, are going to be people that find that trauma interesting mm. it's going to be people that are like oh that's a narrative i haven't heard before here's some money Le- here's how you get to live and make your work oh, and you'll yeah. keep being commissioned to yeah. make that work and and it, it kind of becomes a part of that that cycle of like if you go to slams in the us mm. trauma so much of it is over. just straight trauma like off one after the, the other the same story told in a different Form. Yeah, potentially. It becomes like a mental as well. That's and it's like. It's like rewarded by audiences who have never yeah, experienced yeah. that trauma, but in a way it kind of seems like fetishism in a way. It's like, yeah. wow. Or yeah. But then even like within our community, like, doesn't it kind of become like a mantra? You see that when you're consuming it. Yeah. Like mm. every day, kind of listen to it over and over again, it kind of it informs your reality, like, subtly, subtly. Yeah. I, th- you know, I feel like there is a side to it that's like. I, I can listen to that and be like, wow, yes, that's me. And I never thought I would hear that in poetry form. Yeah. And that you do get that, but I guess when you kind of look at that versus poets that have been able to be really successful, and I guess the way that that's then evolved the work that they're putting out, um, you do take into consideration like the people that are basically giving money to it and are allowing you to make that work. Yeah in a certain way so it's kind of like you can write the stuff for yourself and keep doing what you can do or you can write the stuff and become successful from it i guess like it's a bit of a but it's a similar theater as well like there's so much all of the plays like a lot of the plays anyway by black and brown artists are about trauma and uh, sometimes i'm like why hasn't someone made a show about lacking marshmallows (laughs) 
What does that say? Or like, just like something that isn't like about, I yeah. I liked, I liked films like Moonlight and Hidden Figures so much because they seem to bug the trend of focusing on like the traumatic stereotypes of black culture. I didn't think that the whole like, framing of a new paradigm saying, yeah, this exists too. We're not just about slavery and drugs and gangs. It's like, okay, about time we had some fresh narratives in, 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 in the film, like the realm of black cinema. Um, so then that kind of ties back into like the original point of does the past define us? I think it has for a long time, but then when someone presents something fresh, it's always like, oh wow, so we, like this is, I mean, it, yeah, like you said, it bucks the trend, it mm. kind of is eye opening, it's refreshing. Like, even sometimes something can, like, like the start of it can be about something tragic or like a prevalent issue, like that. Um, play that you took me to see, what was it called again? Leave Taking. Leave Taking, yeah, like it addressed like, <laughs> like issues that are prevalent in certain communities and it's like I could relate to them throughout but it's like at the end of it there was some sort of like resolution almost, there was like a piece that ended on kind of like a nice note but it didn't like downplay, it wasn't like so fantastical that it was unrealistic and that's fun as well, like that we should be able to have that but I also like that Called, this was the past, but it didn't define the future. It left on a, on a kind of note of like, okay, this is open like a new stream. Yeah. Like there's something fresh here. You know what I mean? Yeah. This happened more. This happened a lot more. Mm. Um, cool. Honestly, random topic. So, toes. I see it. I keep. Let me take this down. Uh, between one and hundred and seventeen. Jeez. I have to pick a pick a number. And, 56. Mm, 56. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular reason for that number? No. It's already been done anyways. Is adventure. I don't know when we discussed adventure. It might have been with Ahmed and Zesty then. I think. Yeah. But anyway, alright, cool. Up or down? <laughs> up. Okay, the one up from adventure is... That's heavy. What's that? It's broad. 53. Depression. Oh no no no! Up. It's already been, it's As in up, up in number. Oh, I thought up in number. No 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 no! Yeah no, no, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. Okay, so if we went up, if we went my way, we'd have been depression, which I'm glad we're not. But we're going technically down. But yeah. up in number, <laughs> it's the 57. Africa. It's just, it's just the word. Africa. <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> Africa. <laughs> Where did you go? We had Africa. We, I, I want to keep mentioned Africa earlier today. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So, ooh, any man, I'm thinking. When you're not going back home, like, when am I going back home? Yeah, like Africa, like Nigeria. To live or to visit or to visit. I actually don't know. So, last time I went was when I was. 14 or 15 with my family. Where'd you go, Ghana and Nigeria? Both. It was a long holiday. But yeah, we went to both places and I think, I don't know, I feel like, I've been thinking about whether to go back like by myself mm. or like again with my family. Mm. So I've been waiting, cause I've been waiting for like my family to be like, yeah, we're yeah, going. But yeah. obviously there's like a huge, there's a lot of us and it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't speak either of my parents' languages, so there's a language barrier mm. of going by myself. Yeah. Um, but I would like to go. Yeah, it's going to be completely different from when you last went. Oh yeah, completely, completely different. Because the last time I was in Ghana was maybe uh, 2012, like Christmas 2012. And before that, it might have been a year or two years. I used to go every two years when I was like younger. That's good. And then, but even in those two year increments, the whole country was different, mm. entirely different. I remember going one year and then essentially having nothing to do, fair enough, I was in year 11, so you know, I was able to do at my age. Mm. When again, when I was in college with my boy and my mom came after us, there was so much going on. They had a mall and mm. we'd go to clubs and they had the cinema. Mm. I was like, rah, this is a different country. Yeah. Like, development wise, it's changed. Massively. Mm. Massively. Positively? At the time, I mean, in college, yeah, I thought so. Okay. I mean, I might go now with like 
an, an adult eyes and like okay, mm. this is good yeah because i remember when yeah when last time i went we had just built some huge kfc for the first kit first kfc in, in ghana mm. it was massive and i was like yeah kfc's in ghana whoa, whoa. but going back now i'm like look at this western culture yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like it might be that kind of vibe yeah i feel know. like that as well so i might go and see like tons of just like star like if i say a starbucks in ghana it, it made me feel away i'd like i'd go in there Oh yeah, that would be weird. I'd go in there, but I'd look around like this isn't. I wouldn't feel like it's my culture. I don't even know if I could say my. But you know my culture. If it was like the same company, but it was flipped, like you know when you go to a different country, you have different menus and that. Still, would it be? I mean, I know it would be weird to see. Spice and corporate. Yeah, for sure. That part would be jarring in it. But like, if there was like a twist and a flip. I just feel like it's pandering in a way. I mean, you're not pandering, in, I mean, you're, you're, you're tailoring it to your audience, yeah, you're making yeah, it suitable yeah. for them, which is fair enough. But I just feel like fundamentally, the basis of the corporation being there isn't to give Ghanaians a service, mm. it's to make money, it's to make money of them. So, so they that, can still have their usual stuff and then sell for food. It yeah. wouldn't really make a difference. <laughs> so like, it would still be Starbucks. That makes me feel the way, I'm like, Starbucks is here to help Ghanaians, Starbucks for is here sure. to make money. They, they make money, but then do they provide anything maybe, to the country? Maybe they provide jobs and stuff like that. Which Potentially, is but then I don't think the first thing that Ghana needs is Starbucks. Yeah, like that's <laughs> just, that's the argument for like, most redevelopment anyway, yeah. it'll be like, 11,000 new jobs while yeah, you, you're okay, kicking yeah. people out of their houses and rent is rising and all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, but like, this isn't it, like, you see it, like, with all the development that was happening in Croydon, a lot of it was like, yeah, you're going to have this huge, like, yeah. new mall mm. and we're going to have so many jobs and all of the young people are going to, like, get yeah. those jobs and it's like, okay, but what about everything else yeah. that's happening as a consequence? It doesn't make sense that you would bring that up, like, regardless of whatever potential benefits are there because it's also, like, the distribution of wealth kind of thing. Money is still leaving the country. Yeah. In a sense, so, like, yeah, it's mad still. Yeah. You were in South Africa, like, the other day, though. <laughs> what was that saying? <laughs> what was that saying? Um, I really want to go to South Africa. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, oh. I went for... Well, I was in um, Grahamstown, which is, like, a small town in Port Elizabeth, um, like a kind of university town. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I was there for uh, an arts festival, so it wasn't kind of the town as it would be on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, South, yeah, South Africa is so, oh, I guess because it's, it's history is still very present like super present mm. like i feel weird calling it history because it was like in my lifetime yeah um you yeah you're still navigating that and those spaces obviously they're saying you like kind of like white people and white farm owners you need to go yeah the new, the new president um still around for that wants to Seize the yeah. farms back from the white minority. Yeah, and um, they could they spend years trying to negotiate and, and things like that. They're like, no, we're just gonna take it back. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna take it. But it, they're like, we're just gonna. It's weird. It's, it's a tricky predicament because the white farmers there, a lot of them are either descendants of mm-hmm. like yeah. the apartheid farmers or like this is all they've known. They consider this home and mm-hmm. and then um, now this new government's coming in like, yeah, we don't give a fuck about you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you gotta leave. So it's repercussions for like, yeah. It's, mm. like, well, it's not always the person that commits the crime that suffers the mm. repercussions in it. Cool, it was your great great grandfather or whatever. But I how does that help the whole country? How does that help all these other ones that are suffering on account of that? It doesn't. But my 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 issue is the assumption that by taking the farms from the white farmers. And put it in the government's hand that something's going to change. Yeah. When a lot of the time, because of how our governance structures are set up across Africa, mm-hmm. that these farms are often they'll just go to elites anyway, mm-hmm. just go to black elites. True, true, true. And then it being taken from like white elites and given to black elites, for me, that's not changed. Like, I don't give a shit what color your skin is. If you're not actually helping the country, then yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. But I don't, I don't know what the intentions what? are of this government. Is it like at this point, rather than. Um, potentially what increase hostilities or like push people out rather be like look we've tried to negotiate 
and I guess that's why like such an extreme action would even be suggested amongst other reasons. Yeah, like, I'm like, wondering like if this is even negotiable. Like if they would be like, yeah, sure, like, yeah, here's my phone. Like, like there's a thing of like maybe you lot get taxed more. You know what I mean? If there's an alternative, that actually you can keep what you've got, but you're gonna pay what is due to the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if there was something, some kind of way to make it work for everyone. But I just think land is such a big thing there. Like the divide of the mm. land is literally like such. It's like a physical, the physical apartheid is still there and that won't change is unless it? the ownership of the land changes as well. Mm. And so even though like economically as well, that would, the sense of like reparations mm. would, would still be useful. If, if, most of the land was still owned by white South Africans. It still doesn't necessarily change that much. I'm reading this like article now. It says, according to the government, seventy-two percent of private land is owned by white people. Yeah, we just four percent owned by black people, and other ethnic groups Ooh. account for the other twenty-four percent of land. Nah, that's a shame. So it's kind of it's mad. Like I said, the, the apartheid structure is still there in essence. Like it's yeah, still, it's still, it's still, it's still very much uh, present. It's like in 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 Johannesburg, like most of the white people live in Santim, which is like super developed. Like mm. got a huge mall, like all of this stuff, the houses, everything. Where you go to like other parts of Joburg is. Mm almost neglected because it's sort of like well this is where the people we care about live and obviously the people that are going to be developing these places will be a part of that community so it's sort of like yeah we'll make this area really really nice and lush mm -hmm. anywhere else you go it's but it's neglected do you think it's wrong that they're, they're intending to seize the land without compensation no only because that, that compensation is still gonna come from, it's not gonna come from the white people. Like even if you look at the compensation from like the slave owners in the UK was being paid by UK taxpayers, which means that some descendants of those yeah. slaves would have been paying, but essentially paying off yeah, the debt yeah, for their slave, yeah, yeah, in 2015. Their slavery, that's yeah. Like, actually, no, that's not. And so I'm just like, so they were compensated but the people that is still affected or the people that were still paying for that weren't. Which is why I'm saying like seizure, I don't know if that's like the route to go. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't, I feel like there's less room for, ne for negotiation because this is so present that it's, you can't, I don't know, like it's still, it's still really violent. That you kind of have to meet it with the same energy. Alright, who commissioned, um, uh, as in what European country was mostly responsible for what happened in South Africa? Was it Germany? Like the Dutch or what? The Dutch, Belgium. Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. Okay. So I, I don't know if this is even ever really an option or ever, but okay, you guys have some culpability in this situation as well. Mm. Is there any way to kind of like bring them to the table not that that would even be a smart mm. thing to do because their presence has always been quite deceptive and obviously to play to their own interests and whatnot but yeah. i mean they have culpability in the in the situation like those people are kind so, of it was dutch, it was a dutch, dutch yeah, not Belgium. as in like the the white south africans that are there like where did they stem from like who sent them there like what government was involved and what what what, what, what? It's not just a South African problem. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I guess it's easier to be like, I guess it's easier to tackle the people that are on the land than go further afield. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, no it's a long game. This is like a whole UN. No one's called the UN. That organization is. <laughs> <laughs> There's got a lot going on. Because I don't even know anything about the. But literally, like, I was talking to. Like when you were talking about um, there's an area where it's like super well developed um, mm. and then like the rest of like certain areas are just, you know, like you couldn't even really speak of the state of them. Um, it kind of like introduces like the class thing into it. So there's like already mm. like a racial thing, but now like by race you are class. Mm. And then um, I was speaking to a friend like recently just about uh, like they're from Rwanda and just about how that like travesty, how that atrocity happened out there, how like the genocide. Mm. Obviously, first of all, there was like a Belgian presence 
in the land which kind of stirred up the pot, but also I um, it was explained to me that that was exclusive. Yeah, but it was explained to me that the tribe, like between the two tribes, yeah. or the two ethnic groups, yeah. I don't even know what the two big tribes, two, 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 two like ethnically, there's pretty much no difference between the two. It was actually a class thing. Like mm. One class was like a higher class yeah. in the setting, the other one was like a lower class, and so that tension mm. would have been there somewhat. Like not necessarily because class doesn't always work in a bad way. Like hierarchy kind of forms naturally over time. Yeah. But then if someone like a, a third presence comes in whispering in your ear saying yeah, that these ones have this and you don't have Yeah, exactly. And cool, maybe they were guilty of certain things and mystery. Yeah. Who knows? I don't even know, so I'm not gonna talk like I know about that one. But that presence came in and like so it's not actually the actual situation when you think about it in a contained sense that like it's not so much different from what happened in or what's happening in South Africa. Mm-hmm. But it's just that like it's a class thing rather than a race thing. You know? Yeah, I feel like class covers can boil a lot of social issues down to class. Yeah. And what we're talking 100%. about regarding like um benefits and, and universal basic income mm-hmm. um just general social issues often it comes from being in the place of poverty yeah you make bad decisions when you haven't got any money regardless yeah. like you're, you're focused on how to eat mm-hmm. yeah, you're in survival mode all the time mm-hmm. so um when you said when you you are in survival mode and then you look across the street especially in london you clock look across the street yeah and see, see like, a whole new world it's crazy it's a whole new world it's crazy i mean and manchester then, right now is just like that yeah like it's, so many so many luxury apartments in manchester come as well right. and you you look across the road and you see the house you're like mm. right okay so imagine now being being back home in Africa and you, in summer comes whispering your ear like mm. wow they, they have that because of blah blah blah, blah. Mm. and if I give you this will you, will you mm. take it and then you make bad decisions they're right? putting something up to you which is kind of like see this is how like deceit works there's a there's an element of truth in it but then they obviously they blur it because it's like cool it's not fair necessarily that they were born into this and so they have this this and that yeah. and you have to work your ass off and get nothing up of it but life ain't fair with the Rwandan scenario, like the Belgians put the Tutsis in power when Belgium, when the Rwanda was a colony in Belgium, yeah. and then encouraged them to be like uh, not good, not good leaders. Mm-hmm. And then when they were leaving, put the Hutus in charge, and the Hutus had already been brutalized by the Tutsis okay. there before. And like that power shift, and obviously, Crazy. yeah, because so many that you got now, there's one group which was oppressed, and now you're giving them all this power and said, okay, we're gonna bounce. Mm. And what do you expect? Like, mm. What do you, you really expect was going to happen? There's like a history of just like in in everything of like people coming in, fucking shit up, and then giving giving the thing back to black and brown people yeah. when it's all torn up and shredded and just in a terrible state and being like, okay, you deal with this now, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In mm. everything. That's my my man has a very different take on what you just said because mm. she I might mention this yeah, to you yeah. earlier but I had a, I got into a conversation with my nan a while ago where she off the cuff mentioned that she thought Ghana was better worth under the British Empire than self-governing like how they are now and then my instant reaction was listen you need to you need <laughs> to fix up because I don't know for me it's a whole man it, it was a, it was a sense of like how can you not like how can you not trust your own people? How can you not like love your own people? Mm. What do you mean? What do you mean? Blah, 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 blah. But she was like, yo, I grew up in Ghana. For a, she grew up in mm. Ghana. I didn't. Like she, she, she lived through that experience. So, um, but she spoke about how under the British they were building roads, they were building libraries, they were building schools, they were building hospitals, mm. they were building so much infrastructure. Um, fair enough, it was to benefit the British anyways. Mm. Yeah, like that was the. They bought the resources. Yeah, mm. yeah, and um, all the roads. Like if you look in. If you look at the capital cities of of Africa, prior to Nigeria even swapping Abuja for Lagos, they're all on the coasts. They're all on the coasts mm-hmm. of Africa to make shipping resources mm-hmm. and goods out of Africa, even mm-hmm. into and Europe. If you look at like train lines in India, like the ones that were first established, they're like it's it's for market. It's it's for moving from yeah. resources not to yeah. sell to people. So yeah. like, they laid infrastructure. Mm. But, for what purpose the infrastructure doesn't actually serve? It's all, yeah. it's all export. I was looking at I was looking at the roadmap of Africa, just like trade map as well. It's all exports, all getting yeah. stuff out of the country. But the point, the, the central point, 
from what my nan, the, the, the life my nan was leading, and she can just see them building stuff and then the guardians mm. were benefiting from it. Mm. So, okay, so when they left, that stuff was not getting done. Mm. And, and years, decades later, that stuff is still not being done. Yeah. Like should. So when she mentioned that, I was like, you know, I can't really argue with you in that sense. Because mm. I can see how from your own lived experience, why you thought, why you've made that decision that mm. it was better. And I was like, well, yeah. Great, shit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it was, of course, it was going to be better when I guess people with mass resources are coming and they're telling you as well that we're like building your land, like we're installing all of this stuff for you and it's going to be great. And once they've done benefit and the thing, they'll be like, okay, peace out now. And if you decide to carry on building the stuff, that's up to you. But you have to supply all the resources that we've now taken away. Mm. And now we've put you in charge and and when that stuff isn't being done as effectively it then creates tension between the powers that the power that be and the people to be mm. like oh but this is your job the person that was doing it before you was doing a good yeah. job why aren't you doing a good job yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. now they have so much to focus on because that resource and the people that were coming in doing that stuff has just been pulled just like that and it kind of breeds the idea of oh uh, we're not capable we need you mm. guys we need your help kind of thing which is True, a mess. It's mad. Yeah, it's a mess, man. We pick a different topic. Yeah, flip it. Just flip. Alright, another number from 1 to 117, please. 12. Well, that's already been. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff you up. Make what? Up. You can't make this stuff up. up. Once again, we do not decide the numbers beforehand. What is it? Number 12. African politics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're not gonna do no, that. No, you won't. Cool, pick, pick, pick another number. Um. Maybe 16. Hey. Ready? Uh, maybe 16. What's, yeah. what's 16? African homosexuality. Wow. Why? Yeah, she can't <laughs> make this up. But uh, you know what? That question, because you asked it a few yeah. times. I've asked, I've asked you this at Rachel as well, actually. Like, when will homosexuality be accepted back up? I. And you were like, never. Because <laughs> I disagree. It just based on the general direction of how the world seems to be progressing. It seems to be the seems world? To be the West, the West, the see, no, the world seems to be becoming liberalised as a whole. Like, A, I, I, I'm, there's this book I'm reading called um, Better Angels of Our Nature, and it talks about how. As a species, we are in our most peaceful time, generally speaking. Like you, you're more likely now to be born and to grow old without, like, I wonder about without that. certain things happening to you I think as least, they would have in the past. Maybe least violent, and that's only here. No, in a global but not, scale, but not like most. No, but in certain places in the, in the world, would have certain been more peaceful and more violent. That's not. what I'm saying on a global but scale. But I just mean like maybe it's the least violent phase in history, but I don't think the most peaceful. Because peace kind of doesn't only speak to like the physical. Mm. Like, okay, yeah, maybe peace isn't the right word. There's definitely more in terms of violence yeah, yeah, yeah. um, that I'm referring to. But the world seems to be becoming more liberal. People are killing each other less, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, on a global scale, fair enough, is, is much more yeah. slower in certain areas. Mm. Compassionate world, somewhat, maybe. Yeah. No, but I also feel like there are also there are also more things that are killing people that aren't direct violence from one other person if that makes sense like economically environmentally like things like that Mm. people are i feel like people might be dying more out of stuff like that and also being killed by other people yeah yeah. Mm. do you you feel like africa have in the light of this conversation do you feel like we would ever get to a point where Africa as a whole, or even certain countries, or even a majority, would accept homosexual, or at least decriminalise it. Not even like celebrate and like decriminalise it, I would hope so. But like you see yeah. what you were saying earlier kind of about I think it was like a priorities kind of thing. Mm. Like certain countries they have other stuff to do with so certain things aren't even on the agenda. Like no one's even like, looking at it. At what point and like, what kind of criteria do we have to or time frame do we have to be at whereas it becomes on the agenda? I, I don't think it's going to be in our lifetime. Boy. I feel like because time moves quickly, it's not going to be in my lifetime. And also, I think. Um, so, I mean, how quick uh, like society progress moves. But I think certain attitudes towards Western influence. Segregation was only 50 years ago. 
You see, like, there's, there's some hostility towards... Yeah, like, but that hasn't groups. really... That hasn't changed overall. It still exists in places, but it's just places no one really cares about on mass. Not, not legally enforced segregation. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, like, slavery wasn't that far ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, for mm. example, like, that's still there in South Africa. Oh, for sure. And, like, it still exists in places, but yeah. it's... It's not lawful, but it's still it's now structural now. It's just like, oh, we could take out the law, but mm. it's still implemented because it's yeah. a part of society now. Yeah, I don't mean, because I mean, obviously it's not going to be perfect. You never going to, you will never, not never, but it'll, it'll take a long time to go from having slavery to absolutely no slavery. Yeah. To go from a point of having slavery to being, it's it not being accepted or socially acceptable or politically accepted. That shift happens. In the grand scheme of things, it happens overnight. It seems it happens quite rapidly. Like segregation wasn't that long ago. But then it's like it just shifts and changes mm. form. Yeah, mm. like it's the prison pipeline is that. It's still slave, yeah. Yeah. Like cool. I was watching. And that is lawful. I'm sure like you guys yeah, probably seen this interview. We've seen the one of like um, a British um, newscaster and then like uh, speaking to an African lady. I think she might have even Nigerian or Ghanaian, whatever. Um, and they're talking about, I don't know, providing uh, like African people with uh, like sexual protection, um, birth control. Oh yes, yeah, things. yeah, yeah. And, and she's saying, she's like, yo, you're thing. saying that we need this. We're mm. saying we don't want this. Mm. Mm. So I it's like that. you are trying to kind of push on us your priorities and I talk to us and then there's all the, I could put my conspiracy theorist hat on but you see when like the royals um who was it Prince Philip or what not Prince Philip Harry not Harry that one the one that's molded William <laughs> <laughs> and hey, God please present my head yeah like he was talking about um that like Africa being overpopulated and so mm. like, people are thinking looking at it like hmm what's your business mm. and is this your way of kind of opening the door for um, kind of population control here mm. and so you just think about the angle and like why you start to think about some of the motives for why people would want to implement like these ideas you know but not even to say that it's not an issue or whatever but according to like this woman who's a spokesperson representing her people she said we don't want this on a major scale some of us maybe do and like, I think it was another one was like the right to abortion and stuff like this mm. so that's like another thing that like, there's so many mm. things on that that haven't even reached their agenda or maybe they're on their agenda yeah. but it's just that the angle is different and that the mm. priority is different so it's like yeah but yeah i think the prior yeah the priorities are different and also you know you, you still have certain mindsets and stuff that come with just where you live obviously yeah. like we are living in quite a liberal place in regards to the planet even though it's pretty mm. we're living on on a colonialist land essentially but in the way that we view politics, you can be liberal, you can be conservative, like you have more of a sliding scale than other, and you're allowed to have different priorities to an extent, because other places is, is sort of like, yeah. we've got to survive today, how do we do that? I feel like it will change. A, I, yeah. when you said like we start hitting other, other priorities, so when like there's food on the table, when you have like stable jobs, sustainable, sustainability, you're not in conflict, then you can begin to focus on okay, let's look at. But now we now we satisfied our basic like needs as a human. Let's look at social stuff. Let's look at how we how we can have mm. Then that becomes on the agenda. But I don't always, I don't even know if it's and also I I reckon it comes with our generation with like millennials in it in itself wow. and Generation Z like we're so. Yeah. Naturally, I think as a it might just be a Western, might be Western millennials. But globalization, globalization is a big thing. Yeah. Um, but I reckon it will shift then when we're like, you know, we don't as a culture, we don't really give a fuck who, who you're fucking. Like, that's not really our business. So yeah, but I think that's I think as a culture, and I think for it to be fully accepted, it ha it has to be systemic. Yeah. Or it has to be structural. Like African, Africa, I think Africa as a whole has the oldest politicians in the world. Yeah. So once they eventually die out, with them and we become the system. Does that ever does that speak to you at all um, of conservation? I, I remember we were talking about um, like Africans, a lot of them being actually hella conservative. Yes. More than mm -hmm. also than they know. But I'm talking Massive. I'm talking conservation in the like true sense of the word. Like all the politicians are older mm. but then they also have a truer sense of what the nation 
was like before, before cannabis other influences mm. came on so there's a preservation mm. element there yeah. as well yeah obviously it goes it goes, mm. it goes left like we've seen it happen it goes left when someone's like hogging power and whatnot mm. but um in terms of like being qualified and being attached to your roots a lot of, i know like a lot of diaspora children some of them they feel like a bit disconnected from their roots and it mm. you know so imagine you're going back home yeah you came from but then it's just like here yeah that's yeah 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 that's amazing yeah wow that might that could be one possible reason that i could think of in it for, for why it's like that because you think africa would ever accept homosexuality um accept in terms of like i, I would hope it's so. similar to how it decri- de- 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 decriminalized yeah i would hope so in the sense of like decriminalize i feel like the attitude towards it is it's quite mad in it mm. like um I think that much I could probably see on like a social level maybe like the conscience changes and like there's a bit more let's say compassion and love shown mm. across the board mm. like that's what I would hope for and like yeah, the decriminalisation of it but whether it will be accepted wholly fully like written into law in terms of like legalisation and yeah. da, 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 I don't know I feel, like, I feel like it will in like 30 years no. That's that's the time I'm giving it thirty years. No. It depends on the state of the world, you know. All of Africa, thirty years. Majority. Majority. I don't know about yeah, Nah. Thirty years. Thirty years time. We'll be in our fifties. Yeah, I know. Like we will, we will be the system, and the generation underneath us will be the dominant world. We won't be the system. We'll be the system. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We're in our fifties. We'll be agents of. Yeah. At, at best, and also, we're, well, also like, we're over here. But people. also, we're over here. I hear, I hear. I say we. When I say we, I, I mean that. When I say we, I mean our age group. I hear that. Like, even that, like I've spoken to, like um, I don't know, like let's say older cousins or whatever, and they say kind of. I hear, I hear kind of like a attitude of you don't think you can come over here and fix mm. the situation. Like, yeah. That's it. I don't mean we as in like I don't mean we as in us. I mean we as in our age group. Yeah, but I wonder about that because some of them they still kind of like they're raised differently, they're cultured mm. differently. Yeah. So yeah, so I was wondering like maybe it was a Western millennial thing. Potentially. I feel like it is. I feel like it is. I feel like in the next 30 years there can be progress here for certain things. I feel like, and even here, like it's still in certain places. There are places in the UK that are 30 years behind the rest of the UK, mm. like socially. Um, and so I just feel like a lot can happen in 30 years do I think that is going to happen nah yeah I don't know I don't know if I see that one still I would love it to like I would love to see that in my lifetime I feel like we'll see some incredible things in my lifetime but I don't feel like the full liberation same sex intercourse is legal in 20 out of 54 African countries already what what same sex marriage is it? Same sex sex. Oh, oh <laughs> sex, okay, 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 okay. So you can Yeah, that's you can that's So it's been de- decriminalised. No, not decriminalised, legalised. Decriminalised means you're not gonna punish for people. Oh, okay. So it's in law that it's fine. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, like see that or like it's I'm mistaken. Like written into law of like what you can be punished for and whatnot. Like okay, cool. Like, it's funny that that would like kind of be uh, Adoption is only legal in one Same-sex marriage is banned in nine out of fifty-four. It's only banned in nine out of fifty-four countries. Only banned, but again, it's not legalized yeah. in any of them. Yeah, that's okay. That's These words. See what I'm saying? So we're not far off. Like, yeah, but I feel yeah. like these are. I don't know. Like, I feel lawful things are can be quite shallow and fickle yeah. just because structurally they can still be implemented in ways that are legal yeah. but are but have a different language to it. Yeah. And who did it who did they serve like for example why is gay marriage legal over here? Why did the, the social shift happen so fast over here? Because a certain group wanted it to happen. Not to speak of like all gay people but for example there was a particular pocket within like the gay community for example mm. who had that you know you know what i mean i don't want to use the word privilege but they had like a position to make that change happen anyway um so 
but it doesn't even serve everyone the same way. What if like these laws? Yeah, homosexuality in Nigeria is punishable by death. Try. Yeah. So like going from that to being like, yeah, everything's fine. Like even if even if they stop punishing it, mm. you can still be killed. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like even that, this that is that was brought over by um, Britain, as in like to like punishable by death kind of thing. Because oh. if we're talking, if we're talking, um, like did like was homosexuality um, present in Africa before? Colonization, of course, mm. but like as in the attitude shifted yeah, yeah, yeah. when oh, the yeah. Britons came, and now it's Britain that wants to do moral moral superiority because Britain is a new society. Like, the, the, even the term Britain, when you like referring to countries as like people in essence or countries as a person, doesn't apply because the Britain of who implemented those policies, Britain of yesteryear, isn't the Britain of today. Mm. It might be led by similarly led by the same people, but the people in it are different. A, we're in it. Mm. We have a voice, mm. relatively speaking. Mm. Yeah. So, whilst what I was thinking is that whilst it might homosexuality might not be legally or might be legally accepted back home, I think culturally is a different sort. I think that's like yeah, that's really where the crux is. Like you can write into law and say, oh yeah, it's to criminalise, sure, but if auntie sees you down the road with like, yeah, wherever, exactly, and then tells tells the village you're finished. Yeah, so. Unless yeah. the structures are going to protect you, then that's a different story. Yeah. That, that's why I think the big challenge is. So I think we can legalize it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the the liberation yeah. comes for me. Like a lot of a lot of groups aren't liberated. Yeah. Things have just shifted. Things will always shift into different forms, and the language of what they've shifted in will change because people don't want to let up what the benefit of that thing is or what mm. the do you know what I mean like they won't naturally be like oh actually do you know what yeah. I'm cool now yeah. you can have this back like you can have this like that's not gonna happen but they'll be like okay we'll say this but actually we'll create this thing instead mm. and this is what we'll stick with and this is what we'll use to convey that violence or to continue to segregate said group or yeah, yeah. to continue to enforce this to get this for free to do that to do this yeah. but we just won't call it this yeah. and we'll we'll pretend like britain's done that there where they'd be like oh yeah we're great we freed the slave la 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 like the same ones that you instead you like, yeah that's yeah. actually something you pat yourself on the back on it's like there's a quote it's like um absolution or whatever is not merely apologizing for the offense it's also, you know, compensating the offended party, kind of. Mm. Like that's, you know what I mean? Which leads us back to the original point. Mm. Does your past define you? Mm. Britain, a hundred and ten. I mean, I, I think it has um, ripple effects, but then like your past can also serve you in some way. It kind of um, trickles into that repurposing mm. word that has been following me around. In terms of like your past doesn't necessarily define you. It has affected many things that have brought you to this point. Mm. It may still be very present to you, but mm. um, it can actually inform your future moves. You know what I mean? You can learn from it. And if you mm. overcame it, then you got stronger from yeah. it. So. I think it's, I don't know, I feel like it's interesting because I feel like the answer to this will, it's always that in relation to something bad. If you're like an activist and you've done great things, then absolutely your past will define you. Because it's like, yeah, of course, I have all of these accolades. Why would that not define me? Whereas, sometimes that can be um, just as negative though. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're still defining yourself by what you did 20 years ago. Yeah, and, um, but it's like, it's more when, I don't know, like the pushback is always about Oh, I don't know. Mm. I did one bad. I yeah, did this. To... I did this bad thing, and that can't define me. But this good thing can define me yeah, for the rest yeah, of my yeah. life. I guess find that interesting. Also, like, all these things that we define ourselves by, and mm. like, just the nature of identity, really, like what we place our identity in. And like I think, yeah, like we said it before, in terms of like, if you lost all the things that you identify yourself by, like if they cease to exist, then who mm. are you? Not? Yeah, kind of thing. So there needs to be something else that steers you more than just. Yeah, like your past or the things that you celebrate about yourself, this, this and that, like they can serve you, they're part of you, but mm. they're not you. So they don't define you. They might tell a little bit about you, but that's it. Cool. On that note. Alright. Toby. 
Angelo. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's uh, a pleasure. Uh, that was a. I don't even know if that was a heavier topic, top like, conversation than I expected. It definitely Charles was. Charles felt a bit. <laughs> I did not. I, I never got this, but, but for some reason it always kind of ties. It always ties together really well. <laughs> too the, well. Way, the way too, that the conversation too, 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 too well. Um, yeah, that was a was, big topic. Yeah, so it was boy. a fruitful conversation. You want any plugs? You want to go off? Where, where can people find you at? Um, you can follow me on Twitter if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but more importantly, Black Tiger Project has a Patreon website, um, so you can sign up to donate as little or as much as you want every month to send some young black kids to see cool theatre shows. Where have you been so far? Uh, where, where have you got theatre shows? Oh, no. Um, so we've got a bunch coming up in the autumn at the Royal Court, um, with Ambassador Theatre Group, which is a Western show. That's the art centre mm. and the old Vic. He's sick. Okay, I'm gonna send us a link, we'll drop it in the description. Real deal. Um, but yeah, no, so thanks for, thanks for being on the podcast. It was really nice to pick your thoughts on Thanks for coming to my house. Thanks to the Chinese and the tea. Big love, big love, big love. Um, uh, follow us on socials, AlliesX on. Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Snapchat and Tumblr and Instagram and Instagram and stuff. <laughs> I keep shouting on these platforms and we use like three of them. It's whatever. Regardless. You're looking for us. You know. Regardless. Yeah, you look for us, you'll find us. Come on. Um, and yeah. Have a swell day. Look after yourselves. Eat well. Thank you for listening. Alright. Bye. Peace. <laughs>